This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Hey, this is Dan Gorin from the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. We'd like to thank you for all of your support. And if you love the podcast, please recommend to a friend. Find the Strategy of Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you can. On Instagram, we are at the Strategy of Fitness. And we also give you the best gym songs every week, the Strategy of Fitness official hitters playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Welcome back. Episode 63 of the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Roland. Boys, what's going on? It's a it's a Thanksgiving week celebration. How are you? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> I'm ready to roll. No, this is a fantastic episode. I'm really excited for everyone to listen. And it is a special Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving energy. We call it that tea energy, that high-level tea energy we got coming at you. But I'm feeling good. Rob, how about you? <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I don't know if T stands for Thanksgiving, testosterone, or what, but... Turkey, Thanksgiving, testosterone, the three things we need for you, the weekend. You are on fire right now, man. Just take it over. Let's interview Dan for an hour. <laughs> oh, oh that was fantastic. Yeah, by the way, guys, we have Eileen Wu, uh, Wu Lift, on, on Instagram. Great, great interview. She's fantastic. Great content on IG and on YouTube all about Olympic lifting. So we'll get into that. Pretty long interview, actually. I think we made a new podcast, friend. Let's talk about workouts for the week, boys. You know, my my thesis on holiday work weeks, workout weeks, eat a lot and then go PR your lifts because you're going to be a little heavier. So I'm just putting that out there. Dan, what'd you hit this week so far? What do you got upcoming? I'm just really excited about this Victus weightlifting program that I've, I've been starting. So it's really terrific. And it's funny talking with Eileen and, and she had some fascinating thoughts regarding programming versus kind of queuing and working on form. And I, I think like everything, they work well together, but just, I really like this program and it kind of breaks things down in a way where it's, you're, you're doing things that are giving you success. You're working at 70, 75, 80% of your one repetition max on different EMOMs or every two minutes on the minute doing two reps. And I lift the, leave the session. I've only done two of them, but I leave the sessions feeling good, feeling refreshed and feeling like I've gotten something done and actually getting me confidence, which I think is, is really good in the Olympic lifting spectrum. So I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's really been good for me and I can't wait to continue more of it this week. Nothing like specific workout wise I really want to talk about. I just want to say that it's really cool when you have somebody setting up a program like that for you. And if, if you do want to check out any of their stuff, it is available. So what about you, Rob? What did you hit this week? What was good? Oh, let's see. Friday night, I did Nick's variation of the front squat workout. And then I immediately followed that up Saturday. It was beautiful out. So I did like a two hour lift session, tried to back squat after and since then, I've been in a constant state of feeling like my blowback is going to go into spasm. So this like 30 minutes of sitting here has been, I've been wiggling around quite a bit. 
I don't know if it was the combination of the squats or like Saturday, I like to get the, the med ball out and try something. So I did, I did grace with the, the D ball with a press with it. So that's oh. just super awkward, like cleaning and pressing that thing for 30 reps. So there's your, there's your back. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I got a little too excited. It was beautiful out like a warm November day. It, Jackson was well behaved. I got like two hours in, so I just totally torched myself. Ugh. What was your uh, front front squat tweak? What'd you do? I did the thing you were talking about. I, I didn't do it exactly. I didn't do the on minute for the triples. I just worked up to a heavy triple, then dropped it by like 10% and did the pause singles on the minute for, for 10 minutes. I love that. I've been doing that for three weeks now. Really good stuff. The The triple is... I hate front squat triples. I like anything more than one rep there. I start losing, losing form. And I'm, I've lent out my belt to a buddy. So my front oh, no. belts are sloppy. Yeah. And building up to a heavy triple, especially for an EMOM 10 is, is quick. It's, it's quick and it's, you better be warmed up because you don't have much time. You don't have much time to warm up. That's oh. for sure. And you got to game in a little bit. Cool. You still torturing yourself on the bike erg or not as much. So interesting. You brought that up. Like there, I get four weeks of programming at a, t- at a time and he sends them out once a month and I got like, somehow I'm like a week ahead. So I'm just taking this week off the bike. He'll probably send me next month programming over the weekend. So this is the first week I've kind of taken off the bike in a, in a while. I don't know if you guys can see, I got a gel cushion for the seat because the 40 minute rides were starting to make my, my little boys go numb. Yeah. For the biker folks out there, anyone with a spin bike, probably you just throw that right on top, right? Little gel cushion right on top. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon or so that, yeah. from what I saw. Exactly. Go through the strategy of fitness link and we'll get 74 cents for every gel cushion you buy. <laughs> Check our link tree out. <laughs> we'll sell out one day when there's a reason I, to. I can't wait. <laughs> I'll be 400 pounds doing Burger King ads if they offer it. I'm going to fuck. At this point, Dan, anything you say is funny to me, man. You're killing me tonight. I, I've lost it. Like I said, I'm on that high T energy, that testosterone, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Turkey Day energy. Let me tell you about my high T energy and how, how low T it's going to be if these damn Baltimore Ravens <laughs> postpone the, the game on Thursday night because they keep testing positive for COVID. Are they just like licking each other in the locker room? What's happening over there? Are they have protocols and stuff? They're having a walk-ons for running back for Thursday night. So if you got that T energy, Dan, come on. Dan. <laughs> oh, God, no. That's you, Rob. You're right there, man. You're right in the uh, backyard. The way you're going tonight, dude, I think you could take an NFL hit from, from Aaron Donald. He could with his fuzzies on. Absolute legendary yeah, performance like by John Dan Knoxville in the Jackass movie. When oh, I got, I got who, them fuzzies. Who, who's the DN in that movie? Jer- Jared Allen. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville. That's what I want to see. Oh, gosh. Yo, Dan, how's Whoop Life treating you, bro? Whoop Life's good. I put up a sick Whoop Day on Sunday. I had like <laughs> a 20-minute AMRAP, and then I hit like an hour and 10 minutes of Invictus lifting, and I raked the leaves and did yard work for like four hours. It was on. Like, it was like a 17.1 strain. It was good. Hell yeah, almost maxed that bitch out first week like that. Raking the leaves, maxing out the whoop strap. That's T energy, dude. My boy Nick DeMalto, who listens to this, loyal listener, said, the other day he actually logged manual labor in the whoop. We were like, dude, you, got, you can't fucking do that. Well, you, you caught me because I, I, I walked, I went like my wife had to get a bunch of stuff done getting ready. And I took Max and my dog for like an hour walk just to kind of get him out of the house. And I, it asked me what I did. And I just put a walk and I get a text no more than like six minutes later. Nick said, you fucking logged a walk. <laughs> and I was like, I, it just asked me what it was. Like, I said, so, you know, since then I have not, but like, I didn't know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to honey dick my whoop and tell it I did something else. 
So I just said I did a walk, you know, it's so I did. So I often make sure to never log that again. You know, God for God for fucking bid we do something to enjoy ourselves more than our fitness. <laughs> Dude, what what kind of output do you get when you're watching Cobra Kai? Through <laughs> that first season, it was off the goddamn charts. Uh absolutely perfect. All right. I don't have much this week for workouts other than I sent you guys, we'll keep it in-house. My misses, my near misses at my my 270 snatch PR, absolute heartbreak. Just so the listeners know, I know we're down on, or Dan's down on himself often. That was me this weekend, just fucking kicking myself, pissed off, missing it by a centimeter. But that's why we get back in there. So, Rob, how about you tee up Eileen? I thought it was a great interview. Fantastic interview, Eileen Wu. WooLift.com, W-U-L-I-F-T.com, Olympic lift coach extraordinaire. She's doing Zoom classes online. Enjoy it. And if you want to get into Ollie lifting, sign up. All right. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness podcast. Eileen Wu, my absolute new favorite Instagram follow. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Oh, man. It's good. It's good. We were catching up beforehand, talking some Notre Dame football. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. As we do with everyone, what'd you get into today? What'd you hit in the gym? Actually, believe it or not, my favorite day in the gym day is bench day. I love a good bench. I have a fixed bench in my garage. Oh, it's my favorite piece of equipment. Did you hit it today? Mm-hmm. So what would that look like? Tempo work, sets of 10. I know we, people like talking about maxes. I'm not in the max part of my life right now. Just trying to stay strong, stay balanced. That's what I do. Yeah, so take us through like a week. So, you know, you don't have to get too granular with us, but are you working tempo? Are you working? It sounds like you're not working heavy lifts right now. Obviously, ollie lifting as well. Are you doing any high interval training? What's it, what's it look like? <laughs> you know, you talk to a lifter, Higher level is, is, you know, cardio is more than five reps. I already told you I was doing 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and your tempo, which <laughs> and is interesting. Tempo. You know, it's, I do upper lower body split, like about four or five days a week, throwing some light-ish Oli movements just to stay familiar with them. Believe it or not, I'm not that Oli coach that thinks that Oli is the only tool you should only keep in your toolbox all the time. I actually think it's a special, a very specialized tool that can do great things that you bring out for a specialized population when you want those qualities or and when you're ready to do it. So right now I'm I'm not competing. I'm just trying to stay healthy, just trying to stay strong. And so upper upper lower split, a lot of tempo work and a, and a lot of accessories. Awesome. Very cool. All right, now let's go, let's go back. So we always like to start at what you're doing, what you're hitting in the gym, but you and I talked on the phone for 10, 15 minutes and your story is interesting and we barely touched it. So yeah. take us all the way back, how you got into coaching, but like where you grew up and, and how this really turned into a, a lifestyle for you. Oh, wow. So I grew up in Southern California and I grew up with older boy cousins that were kind of like my brothers. And I spent all, you know, summer, all winter at my grandma's house. And, you know, they like to play basketball. Like I grew up, this was like early nineties. So, you know, the NBA, this was a big thing. Like it was, it was the era of like the bulls. And so I would chase them around. And I remember being like, eight or 10 years old in front of like this grainy big box TV with the bunny ears doing like bicep curls and sit-ups and push-ups. And, you know, I didn't know anything about training. So that started then. 
I played competitive, believe it or not, badminton, which is a great sport, but left it to go to Notre Dame. I went to college and at Notre Dame, inner hall football is a big deal there. So I did that. I boxed at Notre Dame. I didn't hit the weights too much. I didn't understand it enough. I started working out a little bit with a friend and in, in, we would try to hit weights, but we didn't know what that meant. Graduated Notre Dame, started working a corporate job and this guy kept telling me about CrossFit. This was 2007. Kept telling me about CrossFit and I'm like, whatever, leave me alone. It was back in the days of like, you know, you know, a CrossFit guy because he can't stop talking about it. Even you can tell him to shut up. But what happened was back in those days, when did you all get involved with this world? I mean, we've been, all of us have been kind of training in some capacity. I got into like CrossFit probably 2015. Oh, how about you? Uh, how about um, the other two? Yeah, I've been doing CrossFit like proper, I'd say for like two years. And Rob, I mean, just kind of pro lifting before that. And then Rob's been doing some programming before that. So I'd say I've, I was familiarized just treating patients in the CrossFit world in the 2012 to 2013 range. Yeah. But then really dove kind of headfirst into it in the last four or five years and then really, really dove in two years ago. So I've got, I've kind of been slowly dipping my toe in the water. Now I'm just all in. All right. And Rob, how about you? My background's more straw man. So I did the competitive thing like 10 years ago. And then when I got out of that, I started like messing with a little bit of everything. I never went in like true CrossFit. I kind of will dabble if the guys in the gym are doing it. My roommate was a strongman guy and a friend of mine is actually Leifa Ingalls. Do you know Leifa? She, she came in like third in strongman at Rogue last year. She's amazing. Anyway, so so you guys have some history back in the day, 2007, 2008, how a lot of people got into CrossFit was actually the women. So back, back in the day, like the CrossFit level ones, it would be just like a group of people. And what Glassman would do is he would ask the entire room, who's the strongest guy here, the biggest, strongest guy, have him come to the front of the class and have Nicole Carroll, who is now director of training, be up front and have him go rep for rep with her on an overhead squat. And so how a lot of people got into CrossFit back then is the women would come in and then the men would come in after, like their significant others, their friends that were like, oh my gosh, now you're buff, which is what, what it was with me. So this guy kept telling me about CrossFit, but a coworker started actually doing it and she got like buff. And I'm like, oh my God, your body's amazing. Like, how did you do that? So I got into CrossFit and like everyone else, I got my L1. And, you know, L1, the focus was on coaching. And we had, from where we started from a garage to an actual location, like they needed help running the gym and I was part owner. So I started coaching then and realized I, I liked it. Right. So in 2008, we volunteered at the CrossFit Games. And this was back in the day when I, I could have been a CrossFit Games athlete. They just wanted anybody to do it. But I didn't, and I volunteered. And I actually got to do Jason Kalipa's Fran Time, Matt Chan's Fran Time, the previous director of legal, Dale Saran, his Fran Time. Like I was the person on there with them. But at that event, you know, back in the day at the ranch, it's nowhere near the ranch it is now. It was like a pull up rig outside the shed, and it was your only like place where you could go, and it wasn't super dusty and crazy. And previous to going to this event, my life was I would work my corporate job. I would drive 30 minutes to go to the CrossFit gym. Then I would drive an hour and come home and like splurge on any CrossFit content out there, which was through CrossFit.com and nobody else had it out. So I knew what the Oli lifts were kind of because of CrossFit. I knew who Coach Bergner was, but I, I, I thought about doing it, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure. So 
And plus I'm short and squatty and I'm a little competitive, right? So I'm, I'm Asian short and squatty. I'm like five, three. So I'm at, I'm at this event, uh, the CrossFit games. I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt. Cause I, Eileen's fashion sense is not the best part of her game. And I'm standing in the shed and in walks at that time, it was coach Bergner followed by John Wellborn and like, you know, Josh Everett and like three or four others. And at that time they were like the CrossFit celebs. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, look, those are all the people that we watch all the time. Right. And coach Bergner comes right up to me and because I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt and he's like, hi, my name is coach Michael Bergner. I also went to Notre Dame. I'm an Olympic weightlifting coach. Let me see you squat. Right. <laughs> and I squatted and he's like, you should start lifting. Right. Cause I'm five, three and I have a good squat. So he's like, take my course, you start lifting. So I took his course. I started lifting in the Valley with Bob Takano. I did that for a couple of years. And then in early, I want to say 2010-ish. So Coach Bergen and I became Facebook friends and he would reach out once in a while and just say, hey, how's it going? And be like, hey, or did you see that game? Or hey, the Irish look good this year, whatever. And early, I don't know, 2010-ish, he reached out and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like, And basically invited me to be on staff, right? So I interned a couple of times and I was on staff with him and I quickly rose up in ranks because I had previous lifting experience, right? Like I had lifted for years with Bob Decano. And so I started demoing at his certifications and I started coaching at his certifications and then started leading my own certifications and then started leading my own clinics and then broke off Coach Bergner and his his organization and started putting more efforts into WooLift. So that's how I got into it. I became passionate about it. There was a, there was a period of time between me lifting and joining coach Bergner where I, I don't know if you guys are into the whole hero story thing where I turned away from weightlifting. And then I realized like, that's what I really enjoyed those, you know, that five minute moment where I got to coach someone and help them. And and I was like, maybe I need to do this. This is my mission. This is my purpose. And then I came back to it. You That's know? what I was interested in. If it was, if you enjoyed doing it so much that you wanted to coach it, or if it was just something organically inside you as you were doing it, you just like sharing the knowledge with, with people, because it sounds like you started by just doing, and then you started sharing afterwards. Well, yeah. I mean, cause you, you, you have to know what you're doing, right? I, I couldn't co- coach. Can we cuss here? Yes. I, I can't call, I, I can't coach golf for shit because I don't know a thing about golf, you know, like so. But but I wanted to be a lifter, to be very, very honest. I was looking for my worth and I thought that I would find it by accomplishing something in a sport. Now I will be worthy, which everyone knows isn't how it works. Right. But I actually turned away from weightlifting because I'm like, hey, this is a fad. It's going to go away. Like I have a good degree. I have a great corporate job. Everybody wants me to rise the ladder that I can do, you know. And I just realized I wasn't, I I was much more passionate about weightlifting. And like I said, like the moments I would light up, you know, also accompanied by this deep depression, anxiety thing, which it always does. The, the, the moments where I felt most present and the moments where I felt most alive and, and just would talk about for all week was, you know, like a five minute or a 10 minute of friends saying, Hey, can you help me with my lift? And I would help them. And I'm, And I finally like gave up, you know, you give up and you're like, oh, fine. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. We'll, we'll start coaching weightlifting, you know? And it's, it's both. It's, it's, uh, I love coaching weightlifting and I love sharing the knowledge. I, 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 I don't love how frustrating they can be for people. Like part of, part of why the YouTube originally started was to show people that, 
you know, I was accustomed to individuals who would use their stance as I'm the coach, I'm the weightlifting coach to demean their athletes to tell them, Hey, this is what I said, or, you know, fuck you, just do it. And to show athletes that it didn't have to be that way. Right. It can be this really empowering, beautiful, fun, and really effective quickly, like movement or coaching experience. Right. So that if you are in that like bad relationship, like it, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. So I love hearing it, Eileen. It's, this is some, I'm going to give you a compliment and this is without me knowing you, but just looking at your content is that you have it. Like when I watch you coach somebody and speak with somebody, like you have like what it takes to be a phenomenal coach. You are a great coach. Just listen to you light up as you go through your corrections, as you go through these cues and your cues are simple. They're effective. They're, they're easy to work with. And you see it with your athletes. And I know you're giving the highlight reel on probably your social media, but man, you you are really a terrific coach. I really enjoy the content. Nick turned me on to it and I love it. So where's that passion come from? Where, what's the, what's the fire? And I know you a little bit touched on, but there's something, something deeper that burns in you. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, to be honest, I, I don't, I don't think that I'm not that great with media, to be honest, honest. Like, so what you're getting on IG, I don't know if is that's necessarily the highlight reel so much so as moments that are shareable that I can share with people. So I take the full coaching experience, which you can find on YouTube, clip them into IGable moments where people can consume them quickly so they can learn something from them. The, the fire is, you know, I, I never was the athlete that I wanted to be. And, and in terms of like, you know, wishing that someone would do that for me and, and the ability to help do that for others. So if you, if you, I'm sure all you guys have watched my analysis and some of the hate I get on online is like, you're just tearing people down. I'm like, no, I legitimately want all these guys to hit all these big lifts, right? Like that showdown last year, 2019, Scott Patrick versus Matt Frazier. That could have been a lot closer. You know, I think it was like Munweiler and quite a few boys that should have that topped off at a weight when they literally had 10 pounds more in them. A couple corrections and they're there. So the fire really like, you know, I don't know if you've noticed in my Instagram account, my profile says I empower athletes to reach their potential or my hashtag is, you know, reach your potential, get lifting, get lifted is really to get lifting and like lift your spirits, lift your confidence, lift who you are. And like, can we reach the potential of like you as a lifter right now? Right. Like my favorite athletes are other than having a great work ethic and and humble and, and grounded is like, like, are you strong? Are you mobile? But you can't like lift for much. Oh man, we'll get you like a 10, 15 pound PR in 20 minutes. Like you guys see it. I, I can do that. It's beautiful. I love it. And then that sparks the fire of, oh my gosh, there's more in me. And I'm like, absolutely. There's more in you. Let's like, let's tap into that. And they're like, oh, I didn't know I was so strong. I was like, yeah, buddy, you had it in you all along, buddy. It's all you, you got it. You know, that's good stuff. Yeah. And we love, we love the content. It's great. Who are you coaching these days? Are you working with beginners? You're working with Ollie competitors, CrossFit athletes, and how are you doing? Is it all in person? Are you doing seminars, online coaching? Tell us about what your, your work looks like today. Oh, I have a couple of remote athletes. I have a couple of remote athletes. So that's like video analysis with like programming. And then we talk about it generally masters, to be honest, which there's a lot of room there for, there's a lot of left on the table, to be honest. There's well in this sport in general. I've worked with a couple of CrossFit games athletes. I'm talking to one right now, helping her. I don't want to say her name in case she doesn't want her name being said. And I work with a lot of beginners. You know, I, I have snatch technique classes online. They're held via Zoom. They're, they're 
limited to 15 people and I give them videos to watch and then we drill them every week for like an hour, hour and a half. And you guys can, I'm sure you guys know by now with my eye, we pick it apart and what movement I ask for by the end of it, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I have a, a guy in his forties, another Notre Dame alum who honestly, uh, he's probably going to hear this, who honestly was the dude who kind of like, wasn't great. Like, you know, his proprioception wasn't great. Like every other, every, like, let's say his name was Ben, every other move and be like, Ben, do this, Ben, you know, but like, you know, eight, 12 weeks into it, man, he's got a great snatch. It flows. It's beautiful. And it's like just a testament to like him showing up and doing the work. So long answer short, some CrossFit Games athletes, one right now, but I've worked with quite a few in the past, some remote clients, and then my courses working with beginners. To be honest, I'm going to get out of that in a little bit and start moving towards working with coaches. I have a passion. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. For developing coaches as well, because with developing coaches, you can help them develop other great lifters. And I'd like to get a Woo Lift list of people who have certified to the Woo Lift method. And so that way, people, if they want to find someone that they can work with, they can go to that list and look for them. And I'm and the intention is to for it to be a certification where you actually need a test and it actually means something like. I haven't decided completely how I'm going to do it, like a, you know, Boy Scout badge system or like a karate belt system. But it's like, hey, these are four things like, do you know the progression? Can you execute it? Can you see the can you see what's wrong with it? You know, and can you coach it like in and out? And if and if you've gone through it, great, you've gone through it. There's a certificate of attendance. But unless until you know it and I can verify that, you know it, hey, you're not you're not on the list, you know. I love that. That's a way to really grow your brand, scale it, and 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 make it kind of select, right? Like it's almost like a CrossFit level one, two, and three, but you're doing it on your own brand, which is which is a really cool idea. Well, thank you, and 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 it's well, thank you that 
for thinking it's good business, but, but really the thought process was, you know, Hey, this would be good for the community. And like, this would be good for people, right? Like, Hey, if Nick, you reach out and like, Hey, my mom wants to start lifting, like who's only lifting, who should she go to and be like, Oh, I know, you know, this guy, like Michael, like he took my course. Like I, I can vouch for him. Like that's someone she can go to. And, and I just think that'd be great for the sport and the community. Yeah. Since we were talking about beginners a little bit, we have a lot of listeners that have dabbled in Olympic weightlifting, no real formal training, maybe got into it through CrossFit a little bit. What are some common mistakes you see from beginners that you just, you know, kind of eradicate immediately before you even get into anything else? I mean, I, there's got to be some commonalities, right? Some themes. It's funny because, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've heard this before, like, People, I think I've I've heard a lawyer say this. You never ask a question you know the answer to because I feel like you know the answer to this question before asking it, and because you've seen me do it. Like right away, what do I do? Is I I honestly look at how are you standing and what are you looking like looking at between your grip, what are you looking at and how you're standing? Like we'll start there because if you're standing internally rotated and soft, and you and and this is what I say all the time. If you expect to lift heavy weight from a weak position, like into a strong position, that's never going to happen. Like you, you don't see someone internally rotated course off, like completely bent over, looking pathetic, like overhead squatting 300 pounds. It doesn't happen. Right. So let's start you getting in a strong position and let's move you from there. And as Daniel was saying earlier, all my cues are like simple. So just everyone has this concept of like Olympic lifts are, you know, complex and all this crazy and I can't do it. And you can do it. Just stick with me. Right. Like, we're just going to look straight ahead. You can do that. Fantastic. You look straight ahead. Now stand up straight. Oh, that was great. You did wonderful. Now do this for me. And next thing you know, like, oh, they're doing the snatch. They never thought they could do it. Look, you're there. You're amazing. You did it. You know, that's great stuff. I, in regards to your coaching and the cueing, how do you prevent yourself? Because as a therapist, sometimes I can find myself going down the, the route of over cueing. Explain the importance of, of, not over cueing somebody and any methods you have as a coach to not cue the athlete to death. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. I think my real, real gift is being able to see the lift. And in that split second, like root cause analysis, right? I think that's what separates me from like a lot of beginner, like intermediate coaches who are, who are starting to develop their eye. They're st- starting to develop their eye and they're like, I know there's something wrong here. And these are the two things I picked out. Whereas I'm like, I saw the list of 20 things and these are the two that it stems from, right? So so once I can identify those two that, that they come from or the two that would eradicate like 15, then I go after those two or I go after one and then I go after two. And then once I can do that, I already know what the next step and the next step is. You guys are physical therapists. You guys do the same thing. So so I, I guess how I don't overcue is I, I always bring it back to like, what's most important here? Like, yeah, they're still doing problems 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, but, um, but this is the one I'm going after. And this is the one that really matters and nothing else matters until we get this one down. Right. So like if you're early arm bending, pulling, and you're like not reaching full height with your, let's say like snatch deadlift, but you're looking down the whole time and are internally rotated. Well, the first thing I need to do per Nick's question was, I need you to look straight. I need you to have this great posture. We're going to start there. I don't care about anything else until we have those. And how do I prevent it? I, I guess I just keep bringing it back to like, what's important. Like what, what, what's my low hanging fruit. You always start there. So 
be better. <laughs> be a better coach. Don't be so dumb. No, no that was, that was a, a cool little breakdown. I look at it like if I'm having a low back patient, right? Somebody who's coming to see me for low back pain and they have a myriad of things going on, but let's say they sleep three and a half hours a night, right? As we know, the importance of sleep in terms of injury prevention recovery, we get shit done until you start sleeping a little bit better, right? Yeah. And if yeah. the pain's preventing, if it's positional, if it's you know something medical, like we have to get to the bottom why they're only sleeping three and a half hours a night. Otherwise, I could give them the best treatment in the world and nothing's going to stick, right? So like you said, you could clean up 16, 17, 18, but if you don't fix one or two, then it doesn't matter. So I, I love that. Really, really good stuff there. And I'm, I'm trying to relate some good analogies in my head and I'm starting to get it, but be better. Got it. I'm sure you got it more than that, Daniel, but thank you. <laughs> and Eileen, I think that next expert level that you probably have is having six or seven different ways to get the result from that one issue you found. And I'm sure the Zoom platform, I don't know when you started, if it was a pandemic thing, but I'm sure that makes it super challenging when you're trying to cue somebody through a video format and you can't put your hands on them and point to what you want them doing. So I'm sure that's even made you a better coach. Yeah. Funny enough, my first CrossFit Games athlete was Danae Brown out of Australia, 2014-ish. And we had to do it over computer then because she's in Australia and I'm not, you know? And much love to Danae. She knows I love her to pieces. We're pretty good friends. But like, she presented some challenges that I had to figure out. And because I had to figure them out, it made me that much better of a coach because like, oh, how do we fix that? And I bring it to now. and. Like you said, yeah, the Zoom platform, it's a really good platform. It's so much more fun when they're in front of you. You can talk shit and, you know, but, but, it, but they're not. And yeah, you, 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 you rack your brain of what are different things you can do for, to cue and what are you really trying to do? I'm, I'm sure you guys all know this. I'm going to go down my quick rabbit hole of, you know, when I used to coach the certs, the thing. And we would ask people what it is you're here to learn or what it is you're wanting. And a lot of people would say, well, I want to learn better cues or I want to learn the cue that I need to bring back to my athletes. And that just like annoys me because I'm like, you've, you've already lost the intention, right? Because the, it's not about the cue, right? If I could tell someone hippos and, rain, hippos and rainbows and that gets them to move, that's the perfect cue. It means nothing to nobody else, but it doesn't matter. Like I was thinking about this earlier on my walk wax on wax off terrible cue except it's not you know so it's 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 really about what it is you're wanting and what it is you're trying to do which again if you bring it back to daniel's question of like how do you cue properly or how do you make sure you you have to know what you're going after the second you know what you're going after it makes it a lot easier Eileen, I'm going to ruin this whole conversation real quick because you said wax on, wax on. I just finished <laughs> cobra kyle on netflix did you watch cobra kyle on netflix i i'm actually not a big like TV, I'm sorry. I'm All the energy left because these these <laughs> these dudes will never watch it because it, it has any sort of fictional characters and a plot, <laughs> and it's not a documentary about a serial killer for Rob. So I, I don't know <laughs> who's going to watch it with me. But you said that Cobra Kai is awesome. Highly recommend. So I I, that, might, that, I might need to get in onto it now just because you said so. All right, back to our schedule programming. I'm sorry. It's good. You totally derailed us, but uh, I'll bring us back to... Totally. I, t I told you I was going to. And if you guys fucking watch Cobra Kai, it's when we probably... <laughs> the first F-bomb. Thank you, Daniel. 
Thank you. Just open the door. So, so back to your Zoom classes. So I find the platform very interesting where there's homework you got to do before you sign in and then you're doing live coaching. What is the minimal equipment somebody can do one of your classes with? Do they need a full setup at home or can we do this with a PVC? Oh my gosh, I appreciate you boys. You've done your homework. Nicely done. You need a PVC and you need a computer. Outside of that, it's we're, we're good. Like if we're simulating pulling from the floor, get books or blocks, stack them up so, so they're about eight inches high. That's all you need. That, a good attitude and a computer connection, and we're good to go. So what it is, is they watch the videos. There's a video library. There's a, there's an agenda, right? Watch these videos, do these exercises, do them X amount times per day, show up to class, and we drill them. And the, the better prepared you are, the more results you're going to get. And if you didn't quite get it, then that's that's where we improve. I have lots of rants, and so this is one of them. There's a big push in this community towards video analysis coaching, and I don't I don't love that because it's not the, you guys know, it's not the instant feedback, right? So if I say, Hey, raise your right hand and you raise your left, that's one week before you tell me, Oh, you raised the wrong hand. I raised the other hand. And if you're wanting this and I'm doing this, what I just did for all our listeners, I raised my hand completely high versus half high. That's another four weeks just to raise my hand correctly, as opposed to it being like a 10 second interaction. So that's another reason why I like doing that platform. I've actually been told by some other experts in the field that say, Hey, that's a, that's a friction. That's, that's, that's hard for people. You, you have to make a match. How are you going to scale this? And I'm like, but it's not, I struggle with the, the integrity of it or, or doing it efficiently and doing it effectively and, and doing it right by person, right. Or right by the, the athlete, by the client. So so they do their homework, they come to class, they hear me go on my rants and talk shit and I cue them to stand up better or jump higher or whatever it is. And then by the end of the 75, 90 minutes, I'll have an idea of what homework they're getting next time. And I send them a class recording, I send them their homework and they do all that. And, they, and then they come back the next week. And honestly, everyone... Everyone who's taken the class except one who didn't do his homework and just wanted it to happen has PR'd. Like I I have a woman in my class right now. She I haven't reposted it yet. She's in we're in like week four. She's already she, her one RM from the floor for the snatch was 90. She just hit a hundred from the hang and it was beautiful. She had more in her. Her clean PR was. 120 she just hit 135 and we're, we don't even talk about the clean you know so and that's only week four or five in class and we don't even drill with weights as rob said you know we just need pvc pipe so just a testament to uh, what we do <laughs> well that's a perfect segue one thing that i've noticed by doing this podcast is there's a lot of really quiet insecurity out there and then there's some drunk ambition especially in my friends and i get hit up and people are like Hey man, like, how'd you learn those lifts or what it take? Can I do it? I don't think my body can handle it. My whole thing is you can, you just got to have the vision, the patience. What's your sales pitch? Not necessarily for yourself, but people trying to get into this. Like, I, I think personally, not to go on my own little rant here, is that people just don't like pushing through discomfort and plateauing. And initially in this, it's just nothing but plateaus. You're not even going to start to climb. And you might with a PVC pipe, but like, I swear, I remember my first time snatching. It was 95 pounds. I was benching, you know, well over 300 pounds and I could not snatch. I didn't understand it. Right. 
And I think so many people make a fool of themselves a couple of times and just never do it again. I guess that's more of a rant, but what's, what's your pitch to people if they're trying to push through this? Is it, is it get some type of actual structured programming in place or is it just figure it out? Nick, it's tough. It's tough. It's set up, you know. I just I appreciate the setup. You know, I I was gonna post this the other day, my rant of technique versus programming because I think the whole craze right now is by the programming. And from a business perspective, it makes sense, right? I I write a program once, and I have passive income for as long as people buy the program. But but inherently, what bothers me about it, this is see, this is an Eileen mess up too because Eileen is too much about integrity and doing what's right. The first five people that signed up for my monthly programming and video analysis, I talked them all out of it and into like the snatch course or into one-on-one courses, because I'm like, this is not what's best for you. Like from the movement you give me, I can program snatches all day long, but you can't do them well. And how well, how quickly will we progress through that? So I'm at a point now where I don't, I feel like I don't need to sell myself too hard, or that could be an opportunity of growth for me. But I think my biggest thing is that people have through the meat, through the media that's out there and seeing how I coach, they, I think they come to a point or they come to feel like there's something about me that they can trust. Right. And I can trust that she can help me along. And that's my thing. Like, Hey, we're cool. Like I got you. Like we'll take it step by step and everything's, everything's fine. And so I think the real sales pitch, to be honest, Nick, is the letting go and the trust. The more they can let go and allow, the more I can lead them. And and if if you, for those out there that watch my YouTube videos and you notice the athletes that are willing to let me lead them, the, the faster we'll get there. So here's an example, like a comment just today on my, on my Instagram, jump up and back. That's a terrible cue. I'm like, well, have you coached the hundreds of clients I have and gotten like almost immediate PRs with all of them? Okay. I've it's, it's been great for me, but okay. So Chelsea Grigsby, we did this session where we videoed her lifting, working on her snatch. And we spent, I don't know, the first 20 minutes like getting working on the high hang and getting her to jump up and back. And so she's been told for years, don't do that. So even after seeing that she's feeling more powerful in it, the bar is flying all of a sudden, like it's feeling better than it's ever felt. She's like, still like, but I'm not supposed to. And I'm like, well, do whatever you want, like do what feels most powerful. Right. But so the sales pitch, Nick is really more about like trust and like letting go. There's something about the Olympic lifts that are just very vulnerable. I think it's because they're so complex. That's it. It's the vulnerability. And it's, and that's why people, I think a lot of times it feels so new to them that they just don't do it. And you almost have to be stubborn or have an ego like I did, where I'm like, well, I look like a dumbass in this public gym. I won't for long. And I and I learned it. Yeah. God damn, it was way harder than it needed to be. And I think that's what's so cool about the stuff that you're offering is it takes a PVC pipe and some time. Yeah, it takes a PVC pipe and some time. And and like if you can jump and you have a decent overhead squad and you're willing to show up, man, you'll get there like you will get there. And everyone else has. It just has always happened. I love it. This is great. I got one subjective question for you. What's your take on on CrossFit really going hard into throwing these ollie lifts in 
at this point, pretty high repetition ranges and very high load. Like they're doing crazy amounts of, of overhead squats and snatches, touch and goes at, you know, some of these guys, 80, 90%. That seems dangerous to me. Okay. So like, are we talking like what just happened? Like yeah. in this last games? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but to, to a certain extent, that's obviously the best of the best. I'm not too concerned about them. Those guys train for it. Yeah. But then your everyday gym goer is going and they're not scaling and, you know, they see a 135 grace maybe and their their PR is 155 and they're going and just doing the 135 because that's yeah. what it's programmed for. I feel like yeah. that can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, it's not a great idea. And it's, it's I, don't, I don't know if I would say dangerous. I would, I would just say it's not it's not a great idea. Well, you're a physical therapist. You can say dangerous. I, I just would say you're not a physical therapist. The no. other boys are. Yeah. I just would say it's not a great idea. I mean, if you look at like Matt Frazier, like he comes in with the he comes in with the Oli background. Right. And with the Oli background, like you can differentiate between a barbell cycling event, which should be grace or you know, a, a snatch speed ladder, ladder, which is more towards the one RM. So if we're talking like everyday, like gym goers, I, I think the, the main thing is to, I think we keep throwing it back to intention, right? What's the intention of this event? If the intention of the event is to cycle light ish weight in a only ish fashion, you know, muscle snatches and kind of clean and jerks, then it shouldn't be at 135 if your one RM is 155, right? So I, I think it's really like questioning the intention of like what it is we're doing here and and differentiating barbell cycling from one RMing. Go a little skip Bayless hot take on you. And and coming from someone, you know, who's kind of dove head first in the CrossFit and probably done some, and you know, again, I should know better. And like I one of the physicians I work with is like, I was telling him about like I was doing the Travis Manu workout. He's like, does that really sound like a good idea? You know, doing, you know, 203 back squats at 135 pounds while simultaneously running almost two miles. Like, no, but in my head, I'm like, and, and we had a great guest on Alan Friend, and I think was his name, and he was like, you know, explaining, and he's a physical therapist and his group pushes a lot of CrossFit and Olympic lifting and they do phenomenal work, but it's fun. You know, it's just, I I've, I've lifted the three by 10 or the five by five. I've done that for a lot of years and I've done running and I've done half marathons, but there's something about just doing some stupid fucking CrossFit workout that just leaves you in a pool of your own sweat and blood and tears at the end of it. It's just fun. You know? And I think that sometimes it's just knowing that I could do that 135 grace and my, my back's clean jerks only 200 pounds, but I could hit that 135 grace and, you know, three something minutes. Like that gives me a lot of confidence. It makes me feel really good about myself. Do you think there's some inherent value in that? Absolutely. I mean, set me up again. Like, you know, like you're, you're moving, you're working out. It's, it's all about attention. It's all about where you are in life, right? Like, just like you said, we don't have to be hitting serious programs every day of our life for how many years. So to, to bring it back, like I, I talked to a friend of mine who is now a master's lifter and I met him when I was lifting competitively slash trying to be the best lifter I can. I wasn't a great lifter to be very, very honest. And he, you know, he was like, you know, you can't ever take a day off because you have to train every day and you, you're not feeling great. And all, your life revolves around just like, your what's his name? Nick Cressy? <laughs> you're programming and you're lifting. And I'm like, why do I need to do that? Like, I, I don't need to do that anymore. Like there's other things I'm doing in life. I'm in a different stage of life. So like, yeah, if, if you're in the stage of life where you want to meet at the box with a couple of your friends and throw down and talk shit and like have some beers after fuck. Yeah. It's a great day. Go do it. Right. Like why, why, why the I hell? have Eileen seal of approval to be in. Absolutely. It's, it's All I need. Thanks. <laughs> 
we tiptoe yeah. the line of, of working out real hard, putting out some decent content that hopefully people can get better from and also, you know, unapologetically drinking a ton of beers. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're straddling it. It's great. I know we're about at our time, but we always wrap up with some, some fun stuff and then we we'll want you to plug your, your site and your, your YouTube, your IG, et cetera. But the first, the first question I have for you is the most important and it's what's your favorite non-alcoholic seltzer? Yeah, I got a boring answer for you. I drink water. Like, so I, don't, I don't have an answer. No seltzer. I don't know. Do, do you see that I'm Asian? Like that? Well, that you said non-alcoholic, but like, no, nah, I, I don't. Do, do, like, do I don't like carbonated. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I don't like carbon, <laughs> carbonated stuff. Carbonic acid, that's bad for your teeth. I don't know. I just, I got out of it when, when I got out of soda in high school, when I decided I wanted to be better at athletics and better on my body. And I just never went back. Oh, fuck us. Cool. Got it. <laughs> Check. <laughs> sorry sorry dude <laughs> all right let, let's try this one so we always like to get a standard for strong from our guests so it doesn't have to be an ollie lift standard but that would probably make the most sense for you so give us a male and female standard for somebody shows up for your class first time they throw this weight up relative to body weight or number that just like impresses you like this person's got a great base you know what? Like I'm going to, I'm going to sidestep you and, and, and say, yeah, you know what I mean? Like on, honestly, if like, you know, if a girl can squat in the two hundreds and the guy in the three, four, like I'm, I'm impressed, but you know, what really gets me is when someone shows up and they have that inner strength and confidence, right? Like that's, that's, that's it for me. Like if someone shows, yeah. I see. You goddamn coaches, you all say the same thing. You I, say you know this what? shit. I, I didn't even, I didn't even, because you know, like, <laughs> I mean, as you guys know, like that's what really matters, you know, like everything else can come along. Like, it's true. Like, like, no, no, I don't mean to like brag, but because like of what I do, like I'm around a, a decent amount of like good looking guys and girls like often. Right. And yeah, that's cool. And like you're strong and stuff. But who are you really? You know, like that's that that's the real test. That's the real show of like, oh, I'm impressed by you or I'm not. But but for real, what's a good snatch? Because I need to know <laughs> For real, if a dude snatching, let's say, 250s plus, cool. Nice. If a girl snatching body weight plus, yeah. Clean and jerk? I don't know. 20, 25% more than that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Nick's just looking for validation of his own. Yeah, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> you see the satisfaction on his face. I'm sorry. Go! I didn't see through that. Nick, <laughs> you are worthy and amazing just as is. Thank you so much, Eileen. Hey, A lot welcome. of inner strength there. Inner yeah, strength. Yeah. I am shallow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is this should be a follow up for you. So you're about to hit a one rep max. What song are you throwing on? What's your one rep max song that gets you fired up? Yeah. So when I was boxing in college, they played the Rocky soundtrack a lot in that room. So, you know, the classic, like Eye of the Tiger, you know, it's just a great song and just gets, gets me going. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't put that on yet. Really the yeah. whole Rocky four soundtrack. Cause they another, all start to finish. Yeah. Rocky three and Rocky four. And uh, is you're the best. I, I, I think that's the one uh, there's, there's a couple on there. They're just uh, phenomenal. This is fantastic. How do people find you? And, you know, we're going to do this again sometime. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. You guys are fun. So on the YouTube, you can search me, W-U-L-I-F-T. In terms of the webs, it's www.wulift.com. And I'm pretty active on Instagram. Find me at W-U-L-I-F-T. DMs, comments, 
all that good stuff. Woolift is the shit. I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing that I've seen on Instagram this year. My wife actually turned me on to it. I get lost in on that page. It's just it's addicting <laughs> to me. So keep it going. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will definitely run this back. Thanks, Thank Alex. you. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. She's fun. Awesome content. Check it out. One of the one of the best things I've I've discovered on Instagram, especially for working on my lifting. Dan, you should offer to do her TikTok page. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's ready for that one. <laughs> Dude, I just love the fact that that Dan is going through TikTok, picking out the hottest songs with the most with the most eyes on it, and then putting it to our our, our workouts. Heck it's yeah, dudes. How are the yeah. views coming on there, by the way? It's all right. I, I, I'm sporadic. Like I'll post three things in a night and forget about it for like two days because it's not like part of like, I would never search through TikTok. Like I don't know who to follow. I don't have any friends on TikTok. So I just I, like, if I'm sitting on the couch and you know, whatever, I'll post to it. And if you like it, you like it. But like, I'm not like, I can't look through TikTok. I'm not, you know, 14. So it's kind of embarrassing. I don't know. I like the, <laughs> I like my the best. white smoke. I like the white smoke. On the white stuff. smoke was pretty sick on your lift, though. I know yeah. you like that. I know you appreciate. I know you appreciate my shit because you sent me the lifts, and I'm like, I gotta make this look as badass as possible. But I appreciate it. Dude. I think you're doing great stuff. I mean, I think you're the reason that that we grow little by little. It's clearly because of you and the content that you create. I think it's good. I think it's because of Rob. I think he, uh, you know, makes his students listen to it and stuff like that. But. <laughs> Search engine optimization and a lot of <laughs> connecting with influence is how I really get the organic growth going. So you're welcome. Thanks, perfect. man. That's perfect. Let's talk hitters, boys. What do you got this week? Found one deep in the old catalog, Americana by The Offspring. Kind of like a just a classic, nice heavy drum beat in the beginning. You know, just a good old fashioned three minute Offspring song, and we're out. And like that one. All right, I got Royal Blood, who I've brought up before. They got a new single that came out, Troubles Coming. Where are Bloods getting on there a bunch, huh? I thought we only had them one time before. I don't know. Maybe. I got Voluminati by J. Cole. Volumineers? Voluminati. Oh, okay. Voluminati by, by J. Cole. Good song. Hot song. We don't have enough J. Cole. Any porting shots on the way out, Dan, that, you know, I feel like we just kind of handed over to you with that high T energy to uh, take us into an epic turkey day. Any any uh, any big gambling coming up? <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's some great DraftKings offers for everyone who's involved with DraftKings. If you're in the New Jersey area, God bless, right? But most importantly, Cobra Kai. I was like, because it's been on my list because a lot of people have told me about it and it's been on my list. And I know you guys don't like fiction, but if you're out there and you're, you're a Karate <laughs> Kid fan, like I know many of you are, it was on my list and I wasn't expecting much. I was like, I, I thought it was going to be like Michael Jordan on the Wizards, you know? And it was really freaking good. So it was, uh, it was more than I expected. I love the acting. I love the young kids in it. I, like, I think the, the older guys in it like aged great and like made it work. So it was, it was a great show. We did 60 episodes. The first 50, we were flexing our, your scholastics and we were, we were giving books. And now we've come to watch fucking Cobra Kai. This is yeah. full circle and we're finally... The we're, people I always wanted us to be. We're here. You know, Dan's, let's get, let's get real. stream of the week. It's Cobra Kai. I can't wait. Yeah. To- stream of the week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fuck off books. Yeah. Come on books. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what is this? 1920? Watch Cobra Kai. 
Dan's stream of the week has to, it's gotta be. <laughs> that's, that's new. I mean, yeah, nobody wants a book. It's Dan's stream of the week, Cobra Kai. Check it out, dudes. You've brought up Cobra Kai six times in this episode. Uh, this has been one of my favorites. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back to you next week. Later. Later.